If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. You just found the world's number one fitness, health, and entertainment podcast. This is Mind Pump. All right, in today's episode, we answer listeners' questions after a 54-minute introductory conversation where we discuss fitness, our lives, current events, studies, and more. By the way, if you want to ask a question that we can answer on this episode, go to Instagram at Mind Pump Media each Sunday and leave your question under the QUA, Q-U-A-H, post, and we'll do that for you. Now, this episode is brought to you by one of our sponsors, Caldera Lab. They make amazing skincare products. I love their serum. Balances out my skin, makes it look really good. It's also clinically proven to be effective. And of course, because you watch and listen to Mind Pump, you get a discount. So go to mindpumppartners.com, click on Caldera Lab, use the code mindpump for 20% off your first order of the good serum. That's the one that I use. It's also brought to you by another sponsor, Viori, one of the best athleisure wear companies you'll find anywhere. They make very comfortable clothing. It looks good. It feels good. Uh, it lasts a long time. It's really nice stuff. Go check them out. Go to mindpumppartners.com. Click on Viori. You'll automatically get 20% off your first order. Also, all month long, we're running a promotion uh, for two different kinds of people. So if you're just kind of getting started into strength training and exercise, we have something called the Starter Bundle. This includes uh, MAPS Anabolic, which is a good workout program. It's great for people who have a little bit of experience with strength training, but are kind of getting back into it. It also includes MAPS Prime. This is more of a correctional exercise type program and our intuitive nutrition guide to help you with your diet. So that's the Starter Bundle. That's going to be 50% off. Now, for those of you that are more advanced, we have a program called MAPS Split. This is a bodybuilder-style-inspired workout program. More volume, way more volume for each area of the body. Again, you should be more advanced if you do this program. That program is also 50% off. So starter bundle half off, uh, MAPS Split half off, okay? If you're interested, go to mapsfitnessproducts.com and then use the code MAYSPECIAL for that discount. All right, here comes the show. Here's a simple tip that'll get you leaner, easier, Eat protein first in your meal. So when you're looking at your plate, finish the protein portion, then move on to the rest. This makes actually a big difference. Such a good tip that I wish I figured out early on in my career. And it was it's like such a simple way to get people, instead of uh, putting parameters around their diet, just like saying, hey, just when you look at your plate, eat this first and then just see what happens from that. And finish that first. And you know what I realized that myself, I was just as guilty of this. And we we all, when we go to restaurants, would they restaurant? What do restaurants always come out for? With yeah, bread or yeah, chips carbohydrates, or, all this stuff like yeah. that. And then, and we're all, I guarantee, you we've all done this before. You've been guilty of like, you go to a really nice like steak restaurant, right? You order your like real you know fifty dollar steak or plus, right? Coming, and you get all these appetizers and all these other things, and then you don't even finish this like fifty dollar steak, and you're like, but you're thinking more of the money. You're like, oh my god, I can't believe that. But literally, that happens a lot all the time with snacking on chips, bread, before you eat your protein meal, whether you made it or you're having well, it at a restaurant. Well, so we we were totally um, validated the other day. We interviewed a dietitian from NutriSense. And NutriSense is a company where they, uh, it's a device that monitors your glucose. It's a continual glucose monitor. So we, we can see your glucose spikes in Real-time data from that. Real-time yeah. data. And I asked her, and this episode will get released uh, soon, but I asked her, I said, what's one of the most impactful things that you notice that, that will 
cause a positive impact on glucose. She goes, eat protein first. Mm -hmm. When you eat protein first, you don't get this crazy. Now, why would you want to avoid these spikes and drops? That leads to crashes and energy. It leads to cravings. It leads to irritability. Right. It leads to just behaviors that tend to make you want to overeat. Now, as trainers, I didn't. We didn't have access to these devices. I wish I did. I didn't have. I just noticed that when my clients ate the protein first, they ate less. Mm -hmm. They just in protein is very satiating. So they just nat without telling them to eat less calories. They ended up eating less calories because of it. And then also. High protein diets build more muscle, which indirectly burns more body fat through the fasting metabolism. And most people have a tough time hitting protein targets. Um, and so eating protein first just made sense and it worked and it worked well. And that's what it does. It leads to less eating, more stable glucose uh, readings. You just feel better. It's just an easy way to get to your goals. Well, there's so much you want to accomplish in that first interaction with a potential client and you know, trying to uh, look into their diet, try to get, you know, a good insight and find things and, and ways to basically, um, you know, change their behaviors and what they're doing. And, and I'm always looking for these small hacks and these things that are very simple, very applicable, uh, especially for like if I'm in a conversation with my dad, for instance, which is always, uh, you know, we'll interact and he's always looking for advice for things, especially nutritionally. And I'm mm -hmm. like, oh, my God, what is he actually going to do? You know, that that's a major hurdle. Yeah. And to just say, hey, just try this, you know, just just eat your protein first before anything else. And and that's it. Yeah. I'm going to stop right there. Let that sort of play out how it's going to mm. play out. And you see the behavioral changes that result from that. That's a way better well, uh, approach. It's the psychology of it. You're not telling him he can't have the other stuff. Yeah. That's the that's the power in all of this uh -huh. because it's amazing how what funny creatures we are. If you tell us we can't, how bad we want it after that. It's I'm like a rebel. Yeah, you may not even have liked the chips before dinner that but that much, but your coach or trainer or whatever, or you tell yourself I can't have those anymore, and oh, it's so hard now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You can't have I can't have those chips. Now you're no. playing the devil on the shoulder, angel on the shoulder game. Yeah, it's like hey, no, you could still have those chips. All I want you to do is to make sure you eat the protein first. So eat your protein first, then I encourage you to have your vegetables, and then if you still want to snack on those chips, then just that's fine. Yep. Just do it in that order for me. Now, physiologically speaking, right, proteins and fats are essential. That means that those macronutrients you have to eat because your body can't produce certain amino acids, which come from protein. Those are called essential amino acids. And certain fatty acids, which your body can't produce. Those are called essential fatty acids. So you have to eat proteins and fats, and carbohydrates are not essential. That doesn't mean it's not ideal, that it's ideal. But you could avoid carbs for the rest of your life, and you're not going to die from it like you would from avoiding proteins and fats. Eating protein first also gets you to eat your fats first, typically, because most protein sources come along with fats. So typically, most people, it's a, it's a meat. So you're getting those essential macronutrients out of the way, meaning most important, and then you move on to the next thing. But yeah, the behavioral part is the big reason why this made a big difference, because protein is satiating. It just is. Yeah. Carbohydrates are the least satiating uh, macronutrient. Protein is the most, fat is second. <clears throat> most of us does our, organize our meals, leave them, we leave the protein last. Simply switching it around makes a big difference. And then to hear the dietitian say, it's one of the most effective ways to control these spikes in glucose was so validating. So I'm like, yeah. oh my God, I've been communicating that forever. Yeah. And it's cool that you can see this on Tangible this device. data that backs it up. Yeah. She's like, if you just eat protein first and then go on to your other stuff, she's like, we see way less of a response. And when you look at those, those spikes in glucose and then those drops, you get those cravings, you get those energy crashes, all the, all the things that lead to behaviors that 
make you overeat or eat foods that maybe aren't so beneficial. So simply just you look at your dish and you go, okay, I'm supposed to have 30 grams of protein for every meal, eat that, and then move on to the next stuff. And then what you'll find is you just you just naturally you eat, eat less. You end up leaving some of the potatoes. You yep. end up leaving some of the chips versus the other way around. I know, right? Eat the chips, the potatoes and things first, and then you leave some of your meat, <laughs> the most valuable stuff that you could be consuming. It's on such your plate. a it's such a simple t- like it's like a, another one is like don't drink while you eat. And people are like, what's wrong with having fluid oh, yeah. in my stomach? And it's like it's not you know I'm not be I'm not Ayurvedic medicine guy, so I'm not trying to say like it balances out this because I know Ayurvedic medicine says that. Yeah, that's not the reason. It's because when you don't drink, you slow down. <laughs> you have to chew your food. Yeah, you, can't, you can't just wash you it down. You a huge bite and then just cram it down. Like I, it's, I've been guilty of plenty of times. Dude, it sounds silly, but I swear to God, these little things, they affect your... Because be- we're behavior driven. It's not just the mechanistic aspects. It's like, what gets my... Be- what can I do to, to promote the types of behaviors that lead to the goals and the things that I want to accomplish? That's what I should focus on. Yeah. And eating protein first is just, it's a simple, sounds silly, but try it out. You see for yourself, it actually makes a big difference. Really okay, so I have uh, I have a bunch of stuff that I wanted to talk to you guys. We probably won't get to all of it. I, I want to start with my- um, Start with the protein. <laughs> <laughs> the protein of the content first. Yeah, exactly. Okay, the so essential stuff. So I'm going to call Adam. that the less controversial stuff. So okay. gonna, <laughs> this would be more more conspiratorial. So we'll go that, dire- we'll go that right. direction. Well, Justin loves it. No, I, had this, I had a high moment last night, right? So I'm- uh, <laughs> Cleaning house, and uh, you know, this is these are my these these moments I have sometimes. And I've got the TV on and watching playoffs and stuff. And this commercial comes up. I'm doing dishes, and I, I just had this moment. And I, I, when I had these moments, I wish I had you guys here so we could kind of have this dialogue. That's why I'm bringing it to the the podcast because I didn't have you guys there to have it. And it's like, is this me being high right now, or like has anybody <laughs> else thought about this? Like, so I'll tell you if it's yeah, what okay, it is. Okay, so tell <laughs> me. Let me know so, what you think. Yeah, I just I I find it really interesting that just a few years ago, like most people didn't know what cryptocurrency was, and there's still a, obviously a tremendous amount yeah. of skepticism around it, and like, is it going to be adopted, or is it going to replace cat? Like, what? what where is it going to end up? What is it going to be like? There's so much question still around it, hmm. yet I am bombarded with advertising around crypto more than anything else I've ever been bombarded with advertising. I mean, there has to be hundreds, not hundreds, maybe billions of dollars right now. I know for sure there's single companies spending hundreds of millions of advertising like crypto.com. Are you talking being retargeted on your phone from like the interactions you have online? Are you talking about on TV? Like everything? I can't get away. I can't can't escape it from social media. Now, what are the ads? Are they like buy this coin? They're everything. So like it's less coin and more like uh, crypto.com. You see Coinbase. You see- Oh, that's what it's. It's these companies that uh, that do the trading. It's all though. Yeah. What's the other? Uh, uh, FT, FT, something. I forget. There's a there's a handful of these like really popular. But yeah, that too. I mean, everything. I, I, I cannot. A day has not gone by where I haven't been hit on social. I haven't hit been hit on YouTube. I haven't been hit on TV with crypto conversation. And it makes me go like, Are we just getting conditioned? Yeah. Like to accept this, and this is where somebody's it's, paying a lot of money for this. And like, and how are you? Who's profiting off of all of that? Right. If it's still something that's kind of in this gray area and it's not fully accepted, like it's how, the it's got to be the fees that these companies get from allowing you to buy and sell 
their coins or be on their right. Like that's how it my, has to be. My okay. brain goes, okay, if someone, so I, I read an article that crypto.com uh, has a campaign running right now of a hundred million dollars in commercials that they're they're uh, for the next few months, hundred million dollars in commercials. Wow. So what's the ROI on that? It's got to be more than hundred million, otherwise it wouldn't. Right. Spend so, it. Yeah. so is that what it is? It's like they're just we're convincing people so much. There's so much money to be made in crypto right now that if we can just get them in our wallet, making transactions, and we're making our little fees off the transactions, we can get back that hundred million. Two x, three x. That's got to be that. What do you, what do you huh. think, Doug? I don't know. I think they're making a lot of dollars for selling crypto. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's what I think point. is hella funny. That's what I think is hilarious about all yeah, this. Yeah, that is funny and ironic at the same time. Right? Yeah. It's not like they're getting paid back. Let me have crypto. your dollars so you can have Dude, crypto. Did you hear what Warren Buffett said about Bitcoin? No. He goes, Recently? I, yeah. I know he doesn't I know he doesn't mess with it. No, there was a quote. He said, I wouldn't buy all the Bitcoin in the world for twenty five bucks. Whoa. Yeah. And he goes, it, you can't do it. It doesn't do anything. He's like, it doesn't do anything. doesn't do anything for you. You can't do anything with it. I wouldn't buy it for... So he's, he's just basically saying it's a super speculative thing that yeah. is Rick worthless. Ross just had a video that went viral like the other day. Really? Yeah, he's, he's always like been calling out all the, all, all the people that like the crypto billionaires and stuff like that talking shit. He's walking around his mansion showing his ceiling off and stuff like that. Wow. <laughs> yeah, he's like, where are you all at? Yeah, it's all like in the visual or the, the virtual world. Yeah, that's say, what he was like, talking shit yeah, basically. Yeah. It's like Dude, a bunch of like metaverse billionaires. Like ridiculous mansion like all in your... Uh, <laughs> yeah, metaverse, metaverse. Hey, speaking of commercials, didn't Amazon just get in trouble because what's this service uh, Alexa is Alexa with Amazon yeah yeah that Alexa's listening to you oh I saw it's that it's confirming what we already knew targeting like, you with ads oh 100% they've been doing I guarantee for years they've been doing that just somebody now is like oh Oh, look at this. Well, we talked about this a long time ago and we and I talked I, I made the case of like, ah, do I really care? You know what I'm saying? So they're they're getting better at like they already know I'm searching this, I'm talking about it. And well, so that's what like, you know. What you don't know. I see that's the freaking tinfoil hat side of you. No, it's not. Why? Yes, it's like because who the fuck are you that they're like actually collecting other information they really care about? Well, hold on. You're you're you know, let's the, say, most, the most okay to the people, people that are, are the currency. to these people. Thank you. Your data is currency. Thank dude. you. So they'll Stop sell whatever habits foil. you have. Listen, no, no, it's not tinfoil. They're literally selling your habits to other companies. Yes, that's sure. Okay, yeah, foil. yeah. It's all about getting your money. That's what it is. Yeah, well, that's or, what I'm saying. It's or like, or influencing your vote. Look, if Google is listening to you, and Google is influenced by said I don't know politician or whatever policy, they can say. Let's target this person with these articles, these ads, these keywords to continue to radicalize this person to push I'm not, them in I'm this direction. I'm not arguing what they can or can't do with that type of information. That's a lot of money and power yeah. in that. That's well, what, I'm I'm, I, what I'm arguing is what I think they're really, what they really care about, what they're really doing, which is getting money from you, which is you be buying more so they can sell it to other people for advertising purposes and those things. And that's like, that to me is like, <laughs> whatever. Well, yeah, you, I don't, well, you see that too, and based on your interests, like how much better they've gotten with yeah. ads, like literally, like oh, I would buy that. I was like, wow, this is getting crazy. Yes, yeah, I don't care about that. I care about what I just said, which I is know. well, that's because I, it's easy because it's effective. They can effectively target you with articles, and through the process of these articles, they can radicalize you yeah. and push you in a particular direction or cause a lot of fear and get you to react and act in particular ways. And if they're listening to you. Or watching your habits, it's not hard. It's not hard for them to be like, oh, Adam, let's keep peppering him with these little articles about 
how everything that isn't mainstream is a conspiracy theory, and they all wear tinfoil hats. For <laughs> didn't, they, didn't they? Let's didn't just they, keep doing that, didn't right? They just did, didn't they just do a study on that? That like uh, the internet isn't uh, isn't feeding us biased information like we think it is. I just ah, oh, I wish oh, I would have YouTube algorithm. Yes. Well, yeah. did you see that article? I, saw, I didn't read it. Damn it! I, I wish know, I would have read it now because I just it came I remember in. Remember it though? Yeah, I do remember just getting hit in my feed like just recently. Maybe Doug. I'm always can, skeptical. I'm the guy that's always like, <laughs> "What's I mean, going on?" Yeah, I mean, but they've already, like, that one organization, that marketing firm, like, uh, I mean, they busted them for literally trying to sway uh, people that were somewhat moderate and in the middle to, to, to tip them over to vote a specific Dude, way. listen, okay. It's been proven. Listen, after September 11th, we passed these, these bills that allowed for the widespread spying of uh, everyday Americans. So they could go through your emails they could watch you. They could read you all under the pretense of this is for national security. Everybody's like, I got nothing to hide. I don't care. They're not going to do it unless they think they need to, whatever. Before you need a warrant to do this with this with these bills, they didn't need it. Well, you know what just came out? It just came out that they've been spying on billions and billions and billions of, of emails and text messages and, and electronic uh, communication between Americans. Regular Americans just came out that that's, they've definitely been collecting it and spying. Now, what's the danger of that? Well, let's say let's say Justin uh, writes a post and it goes viral, and all of a sudden he's very influential, and they're like, "Holy shit, we got to shut this guy down." Yeah. All they got to do now is, if now they want, they got past records. All they got is go through all his old shit yeah. that he's done, and it's, of course they're gonna How do find you think something. All these, yeah, exactly. All of a sudden, this new information about so and so that they don't want to get, uh, you know, they're very vocal now against whatever like you know, uh, policy or something yeah. that's out there. And it's like, all of a sudden now you get this dirt, uh, that just appears. Dude, of yeah. Speaking of that, the Roe versus Wade thing got leaked. Oh, at the Supreme court. How crazy is that? Oh, that's scary, man. That's that, scary. That's really scary. It makes who, Has that how happened? did that happen? How Does did it, that even no, get leaked? No, no full memos have never been leaked. So the Supreme court is supposed to be non-political. Now I know that sounds funny because whenever they get a new justice gets appointed, it's this huge, you know, deal or whatever, but they're elected for life specifically because the role of the Supreme Court is to defend liberty, is to defend the Bill of Rights and the Constitution, and often that's unpopular. And so what you don't want is you don't want justices who get elected every four years because then it's popular opinion. We know how bad politicians are with yeah. that kind of stuff. If the popular opinion goes this way, well, that's what we're going to do. And if Justices are supposed to be solid, Constitution. This is why it was designed that way, right? Not saying they're perfect, but that's the way it was designed. Leaking out a memo before a vote or anything else, opens the door for some scary stuff. Yeah. They could be intimidated. Like if you're a this juror- This has never happened before, right? If you're a juror on a big on a big case, you're kept anonymous for for a reason. Like if you're on a, like a, let's say you're on a, a case for the FBI is cracking down on organized crime and you're a juror, you don't want people to know who you are because if the mafia knows, oh, you're going to be one of the jurors, they could fuck with you sure. or the justice, <clears throat> intimidate you. And they have in the past when they found out, right? Th leaks like this are not supposed to happen. Now, of course, it conveniently, conveniently happened before midterms. So we know that this is obviously po people politically don't driven. people see and can read between yeah. the lines of that, it's it's pretty sad to me. Yeah. And so I don't care where your position is on it. Now, what, what is your position that it, it is it is connected to midterms? Like, so explain, explain your ration behind that. Well, nothing unifies uh, the left like abortion. It's true. It's just it's it's one of the things that if they and right now they're in shambles, they're 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 getting hammered by the by the right. They're mm -hmm. the polls are showing they're gonna get slaughtered. So it's conveniently coming up that, uh-oh, abortion rights are going to get 
um, you know, potentially get overturned by the Supreme Court. That's a great way to unify the left. So I think it's probably coming from that direction. Some people make the argument it's coming from the right, which I don't, I don't see what the rationale is there, but they try to make the case. Um, but I mean, of course it happened before all this crazy stuff always happens right before, you know, months before elections. So now if, if, if the memo, if, if the memo, what hap what the memo says happens and the Supreme court does overturn Roe versus Wade, what that does is it leaves it back to the States. So the, the way the constitution is supposed to work is, it defines what the federal government can do. Anything that it doesn't specifically define for the federal government can be left to the states. So right. the states then, unless the states you know, infringe on a bill of rights, right? <clears throat> um, the states can do all kinds of, so if a state wants to have socialized medicine, they can have fully socialized medicine. If they want to ban cars, they can ban cars. I mean, they can do it, but the federal government supposed to follow just the constitution. So that that's the rationale for that. So really what it would change is really it would nothing. Just, you you would have you would have to go in and get your state then to change its current policy for yeah, it to and, really and, impact. And the truth is many states make it almost impossible to get an abortion. Some states have one clinic in the whole it's state. It's already difficult in some states. Yeah. yeah, so but it's a it's kind of like this wedge issue. Yeah. Um I you know honestly whether you where you stand on that it's really what's crazy is it got leaked yeah. Who the hell is doing this? Supreme Malarkey. Court. You know, it's just, I don't know, man. It's just so frustrating because like around election season, you just see um, this this increase in, in tactics now to like really just throw a, a bomb in the mix to get more dissension, more division amongst everybody to, to, to really push them in a direction. Yeah, the bar it's keeps getting raised it, for it's, this insanity. It's yeah. becoming more and more effective than it ever has before, too. Yeah, they're finding new tactics I've never seen before. Well, yeah. you can you can, you can can move a large portion of people so much faster left or right than you ever could before. And so I think when you... I think that the people that are behind this, right, that are doing these things have figured that out. And so I think it's, it's only the beginning of this, of seeing more and more crazy well, shit. Again, the, data analytics, like like human behavior, like they've mastered like human psychology dude, through all these algorithms. You, it's, it's pretty crazy. You don't want the Supreme Court to get hyper-political. You don't. You don't want that. That's the one branch of government that's not... And I know it's, of course, there's, there's it's political to an extent, right? But you don't want it to be hyper political. You don't want Supreme Court justices to feel pressure or threatened before making their decisions. They're the ones that uphold liberty, and oftentimes it's unpopular. Now, forget this abortion case. This one, I guess you can. I've heard arguments for both sides, but they've ruled on things that were unpopular, and they did it because it it, it preserved liberty. Now, years later, we look back and go, "That was the right decision." But if they were like, if they followed popular vote, my gosh, we would be in a bad position. We would not be good. So that's the part that for me, that's a little, a little scary. Yeah, it's very alarming. I mean, yeah. let's be honest. Like it's, yeah, it again to, cause culture changes all the time and to have like a solid kind of like foundational um, system in place. Like we got to maintain that as much as possible. I, know, I would, you crazy. would think there would only be a handful of people that even have the ability to leak something. That's like what that. I'm trying. I think whoever did it, they need to be to the full extent of the law punished. That is a big deal. Yeah. And, and it's and I, a big deal. That's national I, security to some extent. Like, yeah. I think that, I feel like that's, that's so protected and, and so private that the, there can only be, to, you you can there's only got to be so many people on the list that even have the ability yeah. to leak that right you yeah. would think so it shouldn't be that hard to investigate and get to the bottom of 
how did this happen? Yeah, but you know what's the problem is they'll find out after the damage has been done, right? After they get whatever they want politically or after whatever, then they'll be like, oh, you know, two years later we found out who did it and then yeah. who cares now? But the bar keeps getting raised, man. It's really crazy. Yeah. Speaking of, of this kind of stuff, regulation and stuff, uh, I read a study at Harvard that looked, uh, looked at the effects. Okay, so have you guys ever seen, you, you guys, who's been to Europe? Have you been to Europe? Mm -hmm. You have, right? Have you ever been? Yeah. Okay. You ever seen what they have on their cigarette packs? The warning? I mean, I know what they're called in England. And no, not the names of it. No, no. I know. That caught me by surprise, too, when I went yeah, to the UK. I'm like, what? Guy was asking me to bum one of them, and I'm just like, excuse me, sir? Yeah. <laughs> you want to fight? Yeah. No. Uh, the, so, are you talking about the warning on it? Yeah. So here we have a warning. Yeah. But in Europe, they have a picture yeah. on the cigarette of it's like a, messed up teeth yeah, yeah. or like someone dying from cancer to try to dissuade people from buying cigarettes, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, there's been talks about doing this on on sodas. So you'll buy a soda and there'll be a picture of like messed up teeth oh, yeah, or I've like, you know, like diabetes or yeah, whatever. Yes, yeah. And Harvard did a study and found that it actually worked, obviously. Nobody wants to buy a can with <laughs> it's the, all repulsive. Messed up, messed up ass teeth <laughs> on it or whatever. Uh, they said that it works, that, oh, it does work and it does dissuade people from buying, you know, sugary drinks. What do you guys think about something? I mean, we're, look, I'm a health person, so the less soda people drink, the better. I don't know if I like forcing companies to do that. And I don't think it'll fix the problem. I think that people will just move to something else and who knows. I mean, yeah, I don't know. It? Remember when they remember when they talked about the, uh, did they ever enforce that? Remember we- oh, The tax on- No, no where, where you could put candy. Oh, remember right. they were oh, trying to oh, yeah. 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 trying to say the, that they can't have uh, impulsive the, buying. Yeah, section. and they have it at the height for children. Like it's not even made for adults. You ever notice that you got to bend yeah. over to get chocolate? Yeah, no, like, it's, why literally, is it so low? it's literally yeah. for your two to you know six year old kid who's in line next to you. That's right in their eyeballs. It's not in yours. And so the idea that they weren't allowed to do that anymore, like I don't know if that ever passed or if some cities or states started doing. Yeah, I don't it. know if anybody did that. You know, but what it's kind of like that to me, yeah. right? So it's kind of so like, am I really for that against that? Do I really think that's effective? Do I, if it's one more thing that is just going to, you know, uh, you know, persuade you in in a, a better decision health wise. I, I tend to be pro that. I yeah. mean, it's not, you're not Is telling it them accidental that you're just stumbling across like sugar. I actually, are you looking for it? I actually think there's a case for limiting or banning advertising to kids. I think that there's actually a case for that because they're not adults. When it comes to adults though, I know that if you take soda away from people because of the ugly, whatever pictures mm -hmm. that the market and people will just find a way to get something else. So then what'll happen is they'll be like, well, if it's 100% fruit juice, then it's okay, right? Yeah. Which is just amount of same It'll be a whole new way to market around it. I yeah. think it'll just create another genre more yeah. than That's probably what would really happen yeah. from it. I don't know. It, but if, it, temporarily, if it brings it's awareness. It's idea. Because you start you, doing it to beer. You can you know make it. Mean? <laughs> <laughs> you might sleep with this chick if you drink this beer, bro. <laughs> oh, no. Real swamp thing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, don't do that. Cautionary tale. <laughs> Whatever. I mean, if it, gets, if it gets people who are completely oblivious to the potential negative effects of sugar and like them to go like is that really that could that can't happen can that and like question i don't go, even think it'll do that i think it just grosses yeah. you out nobody wants to drink imagine <laughs> you, like you i'm drinking a can or i'm drinking olipop right now which is is not bad for you but imagine if i if, if i bought this and there's this like picture of like gross ass tea i'm like i don't want to drink that yeah you know what i mean you think it's like that no i think it's more like what i, I, I think i think to people i mean like you said that i've seen those packets of cigarette but it's 
I think there's more. Look at that, dude! Look at the. It's a picture of like a like a, a toe that's that's diabetic. Ew. See, and to me, I feel like that. Could that really happen for me drinking these? Like, I just think it's gross. Nobody wants to hold that can <laughs> and drink that sh in yeah. public. I mean, you're not wrong either. With that. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm a little conflicted. I I could see like it. It's sort of deterring, at least maybe like impulsive wise. <laughs> hey, it definitely flies right in the face of how drinks those types of drinks are advertised they advertise like it's so cool you yeah know? how cool are you with a fucking yeah. nasty ass toe on the yeah. side of your <laughs> mountain dew? Off. you know yeah. what i'm saying like the devil flies well, right yeah. in the face of I like how they advertise real well without my foot so. yeah they, when they start doing that to all foods you know what i mean you buy a bag of chips and it's like, oh. i mean it, it, the, those type of drinks though they that they start they're they're marketing to children right away yeah, yeah. i mean on when you look at a tv those commercials are geared towards that's why I, I agree with that yep. i think if it's kids programming into kids i agree with that well Don't yeah but where's the line there like what's what what 18. what okay so then what type of shows and what type of commercials are you talking about that's like 90 percent of what they already do yeah, i know yeah, i mean no. it's not it's not when you look at mountain have you ever watched like a mountain dew or a pepsi commercial today it's not uh, targeting you guys no no it's not yeah, you guys don't even know you guys don't even know the hip-hop guys they're using no. like it's not for you it's for the 16 year <laughs> old 13 year old yeah it's probably one of them yes yeah. <laughs> So it's not for you anyways. Yeah. So they're they're already getting trying to get kids and they're using the cool factor. So it's it to me, this is kind of like the, you know, all right, you're gonna use the cool factor. We're gonna use We're gonna the, make it hella uncool. Yeah, we're gonna make it hella uncool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you think you're cool, you're a rapper that, that you like that drinks Mountain Dew, but you may you may have a toe that looks like this from it. Oh <laughs> it would I mean, I think it would work for soda, but I I don't think it would work for obesity. I think people would drink less soda oh, and yeah. move on to something they'll else. Find a way it's not gonna else. change yeah, behaviors that, you know. To, no. Yeah. Unless you put it on you know what you okay, here's the, you wanna know what would work? <laughs> put pictures like that on all foods. People just eat less. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Every food has a gross picture. Oh, I don't want to eat this. <laughs> then you'll see it'll work. Otherwise, it ain't gonna work, dude. I mean, it, it brings it Except brings foods that don't come in. It brings a little bit more awareness around. I think that stuff that that has been solely marketed to us from early on is like it's just cool. It's all positive. Yeah, Pepsi yeah. and Mountain Dew for as long That's as why we, I think I might actually. I mean, a little experiment of it might be uh, interesting because you do all you see is positive, and yeah. people do need to know. Like it's not all positive. If this, yeah. If this is a pattern that you're repeating all the time, a behavior that you you're owning, yeah. like there's consequences to that. I think that we've all lost sight of consequences. Yeah. No, I mean, I, like I, I remember when I was a kid, I went to Italy and, uh, you know, my uncle smoke or whatever. And I looked at the, like, what the hell is on your cigarettes? A picture of like teeth were rotting and stuff. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how well it's worked. Everybody still smokes in yeah. Europe. Remember that smoke commercial where the person had like a hole in their oh, trachea yeah. Yeah, and they're like smoking and like blowing. I was like, oh my God, that one like freaked me out. You know what? <laughs> the the anti-smoking, here's one of the few times where this type of regulations actually work. The anti-smoking campaign of making smoking look gross mm -hmm. was very effective. Very effective. It yeah. actually... Smoking. Well, you know, part of the reason why that because it is fucking gross. It is but <laughs> coming it from is. somebody who went through a phase of doing well, it. Listen, you know, fingers are smell like you shit. Stink. <laughs> yes. Yeah, oh, yeah. you know Clothes, what? Your skin. I everything. know we say that, but do you know how long cigarettes were considered cool? They yeah. smelled the yeah. same. 
Doug's generation. Every movie had it, you know. The, listen, Doug's generation. Smoking. You were cool if you smoked a cigarette. You had the cigarette. You were a cool guy with your freaking muscle car or whatever. Oh, I totally see Doug like rolled in his sleeve. Oh, oh yeah, man. with a leather jacket. <laughs> yes, yeah. for sure. There's like there's a there's yeah, a photo out there. Yeah, there is. Close. There's a photo out there. Doug, Doug used to be in a biker game. Yeah. I don't know if you guys knew that. It was ten speed. Yeah. <laughs> but it changed because all of a sudden it became gross. This is why kids use vapes now <laughs> because oh, they're like. See, it I just smell. You, you see the anti-vape uh, commercials that are yeah. coming out now yeah. too. Yeah, I, just saw, I actually just saw one of those like last night. Your night life before. up in smoke. Yeah, you know, <laughs> some stupid like no, that. dude. You're, if you if you, you ever see the guys with those big ass vape things, they yeah. always have ponytails for some reason. They just, it looks like a, a Walkman. You know, like you're smoking a Walkman. Uh, it's weird. <laughs> like it's some weird, some weird. Uh, uh, the memes, device. the memes around that are yeah. hella good. I know. <laughs> Just chimney smoking it. Yeah. Hey, it's strange. I got to tell you something about uh, one of our sponsors. I did not know that they did some clinical trials on. So Caldera, okay. right? The, that's the face. My, one of my that. favorite sponsors. Listen. I never used anything on my face ever because my skin's just, it's just perfect natural. No, that's not why. Because I just don't do anything. Yeah. But then I use that Caldera. We talk about this all the time. It's like, it balances out my skin. It's really nice. So I use it all the time. And I had no idea that they have some clinical trials. I'm going to show you some of the stuff that they said. It, it, apparently, uh, it's just as good as we experienced for a lot of people. So they did I, some- I think, I, I think that's why it does so well. Remember, we've openly talked about like how surprised you guys were when you're like when I told you first about the brand. Like, hey, I really want to I, – I like it so much. I want to do it. And we're like, well, we'll see how the audience receives it. Yeah. The reason why it does so well is because everybody returns. So it's, it's clinically proven. This is a third-party <laughs> clinical trial. So this is an actual study. It's clinically proven to work on normal, dry, and oily skin. So this is why Justin – and I can both use this. Yeah. We have very different skin. Well, both sides of the spectrum. But it's, it still works. Uh, so 96% of the people in the trial reported healthier looking skin, 91% smoother looking skin, 91% less dryness, 89% improved radiance and luminosity, 85% more even skin tone, 87% improve the appearance of fine lines and wrinkles. That's like, wow. that's nine, nine, almost nine out of 10 out of everybody of everybody in the trial. Yeah. Notice those positive things. So I noticed it right away. I yeah. mean, the minute, the minute I, the minute I put it on, I can see, see the difference. Yeah, you look that, beautiful. Well, yeah. <laughs> Anytime I'm in elevation, it's like a go-to. Oh, for it's because I do, I dry out so fast. Yeah. Heading to Truckee Arena. It's like, man, I actually have left it at the houses up there just because of that. Because I'm like, I, I so many times I went up there and I forgot it and I was pissed. And then I was well, so, my hands and my, my fingers like crack and that's when it's like real bad for me so like i'd just putting that on even on my hands not even on my face dude makes a humongous you ever difference. put on your beard uh not not as much no oh, oh i like my beard yeah too. it was funny like so when i was in in utah and i was at the uh, gymnastic event one of the i was like trying to get everett he was in the back and i saw so i was talking to like one of his teammates i'm like can you go get Everett for me and so Everett comes back and he's like his description of me was pretty hilarious. He's like, Oh, what? Yeah, because he told, he's like, I don't know. There's this guy asking for you ever. He's, you know, some buff guy with a tiny beard. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, I'm so calling you that. Dude, I was tiny like, beard guy. Yeah, like, What's yeah. a tiny beard? I don't know. It was like a slight, you know, like I felt like, I don't oh, know why what? I find that so funny. Tiny beard. <laughs> 
You know, I could grow a big beard I just, if I wanted to. I <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm like ready to go ZZ Top after that comment, dude. Like, it really got to me. It's stuck oh, in my head. It's so dude. funny to me. Dude. I'm so you know funny. Tiny, tiny beard. Tiny beard. Tiny beard. Tiny beard. Tiny he TV. starts with like the compliment, TV. and then cuts me, <laughs> cuts me to pieces. Justin oh, TV. Andrews, we've been doing, hey, we've been due for some new nicknames, dude. Hey, that's gonna stick. That is so gonna stick. That's gonna stick, dude. Oh man, your tiny beard from now on. Oh man, I'm so glad you were a pirate. Tiny beard. Tiny, tiny beard. It's tiny beard. It makes me, you know what it makes me think? It makes me think of like it's a, never gonna get longer, like so. a tiny mustache and like a little, like, uh, what they call it here, the flavor saver or whatever. Uh, yeah. Like just a, yeah, you know, little drips a, it. Yeah. Just a little beard. bit. That's so saver. funny. Yeah. Dude. You got good, you got good facial hair. Yeah, dude. And I, get, I like it lined up and everything. It's yeah. any, any longer and I'm just not going to get action. So that's where I'm at. <laughs> yeah, uh, wife nice. doesn't like it longer. Yeah, huh? yeah dude. She uh, doesn't like all that. Jessica like, likes my stuff. Jessica likes mine a little longer, but I look old. I look like an old. I got too many grays, dude. I'm like, all right, I'm not ready to yeah, look Yeah, my, my grays are really starting yeah, to like sink in online. dude. I, 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 think I got to talk cool, to Vic dude. about it. Vic tries to tell me she likes it, but I'm like, my my hairstylist before, um, she just like, used to clip it out. So she used to- Your clip, grays? Yeah. Where Vic's like, nah, leave it in. It looks good. And I'm like, oh, my. <laughs> You're adding like five, uh, five, 10 years at I'm least. I'm very seasoned these <laughs> very days. You guys yeah. ever have a buddy that some dudes just, just so, so Jessica- there's a, there's genes in her family. I think it's from her dad's side because her dad's side is Peruvian. They don't grow a lot of body hair. Now, if you're a girl, like Jessica's like a, she's like a dolphin. Like she's got no hair. Like she doesn't grow barely any hair on her arms and legs. And so for her, it's amazing. But if you're a guy, it's kind of yeah, weird, right? I don't know why. I love that comparison. A dolphin. Because they're like smooth, you know? <laughs> I know. You I just hear the cackling so. immediately in my head. I'm like, I don't know if that's a good analogy. So. What else would I say? <laughs> I don't know. Something yeah, really smooth yeah, and sexy. Yeah, you know? yeah. Dolphin? Dolphin skin. I don't think she's going to like that Dolphins one. Dolphins are hot. Yeah. No, she's not hair. I know. I don't like talking about my wife. Not, my wife's not having body hair. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll ask her how good you are describing yeah. her. <laughs> no, don't. No, I got in trouble once, dude. I don't want to tell you. I'm not just just once? Yeah. I, more than once. I'm not going to say it. But anyway, so uh, her brother can't really grow any facial hair at all. Oh, how, old, how old is he? Yeah. What do you mean? Oh, he's, um, he's my age or a little younger. Oh, he's younger. He's, oh. Yeah, he's a grown man. Oh, okay. He's always been baby. Because it took a long, it took a long, any... it took a long time for like my man beard to grow. Yeah. Like it wasn't that way when I was like a, even in my early twenties, I couldn't grow like a full on. Yeah, you're relatively. Like my buddy, yeah, yeah, no, I'm not. I'm you're not, relatively hairless. Yeah, I'm not compared I'm not to dolphin. But I'm, I'm in like, the. I'm in the <laughs> not quite dolphin status. <laughs> yeah, I'm not but, quite dolphin yeah. status. But, yeah, I'm I'm more like walrus. You know, you're the hairiest by far. No, just my arms, dude, right here. Literally, that's it. Beard. Uh, facial hair for men, for some, not everybody, t just takes time. Takes away. It took probably into my thirties before I like really could grow like thirties. Yeah, I'd say I was like, like wow. probably thirty. I was probably thirty when my like beard really filled. For the longest time, I had like this this stupid ass gap that drove me crazy. Where so, between like where my goatee is at right now and like connecting, it wouldn't connect, mm. and I couldn't connect like my mustache. I oh, I still don't. Yeah. Yeah, so oh, all that stuff wouldn't, You're wouldn't lot, lot, the, the big old chops in the yeah, and the, so the then so you, I mean, God, I mean, combo. we go date ourselves. Like, I mean, I, I would rock the sideburns forever. God, I remember when that was oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. long sideburns, yeah, hell long ass sideburns. <laughs> but part of the reason was because I couldn't grow a full beard. I couldn't connect all the way down to my chin. You know what I'm saying? So oh. it was so probably I, thirty. I grew facial hair real young, uh, but then I stopped. So like, out of my cousins, uh, I got you know right away I got hairy and all that stuff first, and so I thought it was cool. And then I paused, and then they just got monkey style. Like, they just got hairy, dude. And now I'm happy about that. I don't yeah. want the yeah, shoulder no. hair and the back hair. No, you don't want any and of that. The, speaking yeah. of which, I, 
I was with my with my son yesterday, my 18-month-old, we're outside playing and it was hot. So I took my shirt off or whatever. And he's got this thing for he's got this thing for boobs. So yeah. I'm just gonna put it out there. Yeah. He doesn't breastfeed anymore, but he will find a way to pat on Jessica's boobs or rub his face in there or squeeze. And she's trying not to like shame him to make it feel weird. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, we crack up because he'll be playing with her and then he'll pause and he'll like, ta, 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 ta. You know, and he'll like put his face on it and stuff like that. All of us are cracking up. We're trying not to make him feel. When he's 50 years old. He's going to still be doing that. He's like, he's yeah, got this yeah. thing, dude. You know, and I'm like, wow, bro, we got to work on this because it's going to become a thing. Oh, Katrina going. has to, Katrina wears a sports bra at night because, right, he comes in the bed a lot right now, especially with how sick he is, how often. <clears throat> so he's and, like this too? Yeah, because of that. Because he, she, he will, in the middle of the night, he'll find him, grab him, pull on him, you know, everything. And she's like, I can't sleep. She goes, so I, cause I was teasing her the other day. I was like, we were laying in bed. It was just her and I, he wasn't in bed yet, but he's, we knew he was sick and that he would probably end up in our bed. And I go my, slide my hands up her shirt. I'm like, what are you doing wearing a sports bra? <laughs> trying to cock block me right now. <laughs> uh, <coughs> she's like, no, she goes, I know my son's going to be in the bed later on. I just, instead of having to do it, she goes, I have to do it in the middle of the night all the time. So I just prevent, put it on early. Well, So I was out with him outside, took my shirt off and I'm holding him, right? <clears throat> so I'm kind of holding him like this. And he's yeah. like, eh, and he looks down. You know, at my at my chest, and I could tell he's trying to figure out like why it's hairy. Yeah, and then he's kind of like touching it a little bit, and he's kind of got this confused look. And I'm like trying not to crack up. <laughs> I'm watching, him. and then he goes down with his head. It's different. He goes down with his head. I'm like, no, I'm not even gonna wait to see what you're gonna do, bro. I'm like, I pushed him. I'm like, don't do that. Just because I like, don't make him feel weird. I'm like, I don't. I'm not gonna wait. Yeah. To see what he's gonna do <laughs> on dad's chest. So Max will traumatize him. And so Max doesn't yeah. do that, but every time, I mean, I picked him up this morning. As soon as I got out of the shower, he woke up, he ran around the corner, he's in a good mood, was feeling better. And uh, he ran straight to me and I picked him up. And like clockwork, always, if I have my shirt off, he automatically puts one hand on my nipple and he's talking to me and, <laughs> and he's he's playing with my nipple. Like almost so almost subconsciously. Oh, like man, he's he's man. not looking down at it's even doing a, it, he's just doing it. While I'm holding him and we're talking or looking at other things, and one hand is always fondling my you fucking chest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. You gotta pierce I mean, one I, of them. Give him something to do. I, yeah. He's just done it forever, and so I've allowed. And if I if I lay in bed, if he's if we're all three in bed, and he if, which is rare, he comes to my side or he gets cuddled up. He's always next to his mom. But if he makes his way to me, and obviously I sleep naked, he's oh, for sure he's doing that. And that's part of why I can't sleep next to him because I can't. I can't sleep. Yeah, it'll irritate yeah. me all night long. I haven't felt him do that, but that's he does that. so funny uh, to me. Yeah, so I think it's very instinctual. Right? It is because mm. that's their like you know because you know she breastfed the baby, so he's like you know it's, there's got to be a comfort thing with of it. Of course, and that's why he, you get it even as a male. Now she like, told like, me he was going to come down to smell because that's what he does with her. He goes down. And he, he goes. Like that, and I'm like, still, I'm not gonna let him do that. <laughs> it's, it it's, smells different. Play, yeah, Speaking of, he'll be surprised. Uh, <laughs> oh, you, know, you don't smell like mom at all. Yeah. That's me, I was buddy. Gonna say, speaking of sports bras, because you brought that up, did you guys like get your your ladies uh, their their Mother's Day gifts? Yet? Oh, I, got I know. Like for, I mean, Viore is always an easy one for me, dude. I, I end up getting her like some leggings. They had ones with like um, this pocket for so she could put her phone in. Yeah. Have yeah. you seen their Halo? It's a Halo. We have a oh performance skirt. Have you seen this? Mm -mm. It's a workout skirt for women, so it looks amazing. Yeah, and then I, they have I this long that. sleeve feather tee. So like Jessica likes to wear kind of baggy, but not heavy long sleeve like uh, not sweaters, but it's like a t shirt, but long sleeve but comfortable. Mm -hmm. And she'll steal my shit all the time. So I'm always like, "Where's my shirt?" And I look at her and I'm like, "Oh, thanks." This is very comfortable. 
and amazing. So that's something. That's I'm something so guilty of not being the one that uh, buys her Viore stuff all the time. She buys it most of the time herself, and and or Jerry does for me. So Mother's Day is already taken care of well, ahead of go. time. Yeah. Did you actually see? Speaking of Viore, though, did you see that they're now doing uh, gift cards? Digital, you can get on. You can oh, buy. Oh, well, it's even easier. Then she can pick up her own thing. Because, dude, guessing for me is yeah. But gift cards are fifty uh, fifty, dude. They're they're well. It uh, depends on who you're with. Like some people are. There's some, no thought in there. I, yeah, but I feel like there. I I feel like there's like a fifty. There, and I guarantee you're you, right. There's fifty percent of people listening right now. Like hell, I would much rather my husband or whatever. No, gives Jessica me, doesn't like gift cards. She yeah. wants me to like take my time and pick out. Now Katrina likes me too because mm. I think she she appreciates my like i have style and mm -hmm. i can help pick out something really good so i think she likes that part of me mm -hmm. and so i do try and like when we go sh I, I try and be the one to shop and pick things yeah. out for her. i don't with viore a lot of times there are partners i have jerry who just handles all that stuff so it's nice i don't have to deal with that so she's okay with that but she does like that but i know there is half the audience there's definitely women listening that are like i would much <laughs> rather you get a gift card or just all the skirts that they have on there. <laughs> i'd be guilty of that yeah, yeah. yeah that'd be yeah. my idea yeah so i i don't know i i'll ask katrina actually i've never asked her if like if she would be offended if i gave her a, a gift card for like her birthday i know Jessica, i like doing stuff i know like. jessica doesn't like it because whenever i say <clears throat> we should get a gift card for someone else she's opposed so like we're buying a gift for someone i'm like hey you know my mom or my dad they like this place get him a gift card she's like there's no thought that goes into that that's that's weak you gotta think about something you gotta be thoughtful and she's a very good gift giver i am not i am like uh i love giving gifts but when i'm supposed to give a gift uh, it's i feel like i just can't pick so i'll just be like money yeah. we know? give we give tons of gift cards because there's so many people in her family and we celebrate every freaking thing so it's just like dude if we had if i had to think about a creative gift for every single family, every cousin, nephew, uncle, aunt, yeah. brother, sister-in-law. Like, oh yeah. my God, it would be so Do You, you want to know what's crazy with kids now is that they don't want cash. They want gift cards because they don't go shopping. They crypto. They, no. <laughs> yeah. Crypto.com. Yeah. Hey, hey. Just got yeah, Hey, my, my daughter, she's 12. She, has no, she knows she heard Bitcoin, right? She has no idea what it is. I can literally buy her a fake coin and write Bitcoin on it. I got you Bitcoin, honey. <laughs> yeah, it's Yeah, something. that's awesome. No, kids... Don't want cash. They want gift cards because they don't shop at the store. They shop online. Oh, so we uh, gave cash to a to a kid for their birthday, and they were like, they told their mom, "Mom, can I trade this in for? Can you give me a gift card?" Oh, with that's this? interesting. Because they because what do they do with the cash? They don't go to the store. They want to buy everything on on the internet. How wild, right? Yeah. How is have you if anyone followed up? Yeah. I think I shared an article not that long ago about the malls and stuff like that. Is like shopping in person, like just continuing to plummet or because of the lockdown and then now people are going back out people just wanting to be out or do you are anyone following yeah, I that market I saw the retail going up but i don't know if that's changed or like plateaued or or whatever but i, I definitely saw a little bit of so it is going up but what i don't know is it going up compared to what it was during the pandemic oh, pandemic yeah, or post right so i, I mean i think that's what what matters is like is it is it going up in comparison to being dead and right. non-existent like that's not that's not that impressive or is it going up relative to what it was pre-pandemic that would be interesting to me to see if it's still if they're still I did arise. see a poll though like when we had this discussion a while back about like going to the movie theaters and like, yeah. speculating is that was totally gonna die because streaming services yeah, are yeah. Now bringing it and all What'd that what you see that uh, the majority it was like it was a pretty high high majority percentage of people that preferred to go in person now uh, to really? theaters yeah and like in I guess movie ticket sales have definitely increased yeah so I cannot I, relate to that I, at all. yeah but I, okay I, I definitely can I think that it it's uh I think eventually it's going to decline because of streaming and all that stuff 
I think still the main purchaser of tickets are uh, moms and dads. Our generation, we grew up with movie theaters. You yeah. think so? Um, They're expensive. Think, do you think kids are going to go buy? Uh, it's expensive. It's, uh, that's all relative. Where are kids no, going out not. on? Dates? Yes, it's all relative. That was like movie a way more expensive. Movie tickets for our generation was expensive to our parents' generation. They used yeah. to pay a dollar. No, no, no. In it was, no way it match. It matches the cost of. Uh, yes, it of does. One. It was one dollar for them. It was ten dollars for us. It's twenty dollars for them. Movie tickets were ten bucks when we were kids. You say were? When we were kids? Yes. Oh, they were like seven bucks, six bucks. For matinees or special shit. We got to ten dollars pretty special quick, bro. <laughs> yes, yeah. special shit. Yeah, it was, it was Can not, I watch the special movies? Yeah. Seven special in, okay, okay. You're arguing over like let's look at you know what? Can we find this? The, yeah, the average movie ticket cost through the decades. Let's look that up and see. Cause I feel like it's way more bro, you go it's, it's not gonna die though. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah, bro. and There's I actually people like me and the it dude, we didn't I did not want to stay at my house for that long. Yes. I'm over it. Dude. Yeah. Well my, my, my point you. of arguing with you, Sal, was not that it was is is more so that kids are the ones that are going. Like young the young generation. Like if I was probably in high school still, that would be a place of socializing. Well, you know what they me. do yeah, now? Totally. Like I'm a grumpy old man where I don't want to fucking hear someone chewing their food. Really? That's why I don't oh, go. Oh, I like going movies. Yeah, that's the reason I why I don't go. I, yeah, if you I guys go are homebodies, dude. Yeah. I, I, I get the fuck out. Well, yeah. so there's certain things though. So I, I just I just text my best friends, okay, that I want us to try, and we'll see if we do, to make it to see the Top Gun release. Yeah. Because that's a classic the new one looks sick. Wait, they've Stupid. had that like filmed for a couple years now. Okay. That's a okay. pretty that's a pretty straight line there, Sal. Yeah, but we I, I wish we could see it in comparison to you inflation or whatever. What? <laughs> because then you can see Don't try to reframe matches. your argument. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. It's pretty simple. If it was a dollar for our parents, it was ten for us and it's twenty for the no, kids no, right no, now, no, no, it's no, pretty no. relative. No, because if you look at like the cost of higher education versus houses versus now you're gonna argue semantics, bro. No, that's how you do the calc that's how you Dude, do Dude, it's pretty it's not as it would. The, so you think it's a deterrent, whatever price point it is now for like. No, I'm younger? saying that yeah, that's because what, it's so expensive that it's fucking minimum I, wage I is ridiculous. Right, a kid who's tearing the line, shit, the, like, the kid who is in line everywhere. tearing the tickets, let you in. He maybe. used to get paid four dollars. Maybe now he's getting paid twenty Doug, bucks an hour. Doug, how much were yeah. tickets when you were when you were watching? Uh, what are they called? Talkies? Were they talkies when they were <laughs> Charlie Chaplin? <laughs> Those are good times <laughs> back then. Oh, it was a nickel. <laughs> Corn was 15 cents. <laughs> He's like, there was a person. There was a guy that juggled before uh, no. showtime. No, I'm an organ player. Do you, yeah. Doug, do you, remember, what's the, do you remember the cheapest movie ticket you ever yeah. paid for? I, you know, probably three dollars, but it was like a matinee type thing. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But when uh, Star Wars was a big deal when that first came out, right? I was, in fact, the other day I was watching oh, uh, a thing on that and there were lines. I don't see this anymore. Lines around the blocks. from You don't really see that anymore, do you? Yeah, they yeah. do. Well, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for things oh, like yeah. Star Wars. All I mean, the, the Harry years, Potter, the like, get hits. that. That bet you Top Gun will get that. Like, no, oh, Top yeah. Gun's not going to do Top Gun will probably Yes, get it that. will. No, it's not, Yeah, we'll, Nobody cares. All right, we'll play side bet right now. That movie's going to suck. What? That movie's going to suck, Tom Cruise and Rock Tom, Tom Cruise, dude. Hey, you know what just came out? Uh, Speaking of movies, you know what's on Netflix right now? Only on Netflix? What? The uh, Rambo Last Blood. <laughs> so, <laughs> so hold on. It's called Last yeah, Blood. Yeah, dude. Hold on. That's the one right before Last Last Blood. Yeah, dude. no, no. Actually, okay. Uh, so all the Rambo suck except for the first one. First Blood was actually a pretty damn good movie. It was a yeah. good movie, truly. Then they got weird. But this last one, obviously, come on, Rambo, Rambo. resurrected, bro. Sylvester Stallone's in his seventies. The dude is jacked, and the premise—I only watched like the first thirty minutes. His niece 
goes to Mexico to find her dad, and then she gets kidnapped. Now I know what's going to happen. He's going to go down and kill everybody and kick everyone's ass. Yeah. So I'm pumped about it. So I can't <laughs> wait to finish watching the rest of this movie, dude. <laughs> I didn't even know that this is is this new. It's just those, yes, it's the last. It's it's last wow. blood. It's the last one. I mean, there's no way he can make blood. another one, right? Yeah. What's he going to do after that? Bro, look how jacked he is, though, for We well, could age. do a zombie one. Is he right? 70? He's, how old is Sylvester Stallone? He's got to be... He's got to be... He's over 70. 70. He's over yeah. 70. He's got to he? be, right? That's awesome. Yeah, he is... He's still kicking ass. Here. Drugs are amazing. Yeah. Well, yeah. okay, come on. The guy <laughs> 75. also... 75. Wow, 75, bro. Wow. You have Hell got... yeah, I want to be jacked in 75. You have got so to why. see... How Chuck Norris is 82. Oh, no, yeah. he's not. Yeah, it says right there. Yeah, eighty-two. Whoa. Arnold is seventy-four. What does that Chuck look like? Right mind. Did you know? Did you know Chuck Norris doesn't have a chin under his beard? Just another fist. It's <laughs> stupid. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> so you many Chuck you saw that a meme somewhere dude. for sure. Yeah. I missed the Chuck. Is there, Norris let's see memes. a current picture of Chuck. Yeah, I don't know. This might be as current as they get. That's not Chuck Norris. Well, according to this, it is. No, it's not. That ball guy yeah, right there? Not it's not, I don't know. That's not Texas. Well, total Jim is still rocking. Dude. I love I've that show. Infomercials. Did you guys, okay, you, you guys watched the, the what was it, Return of the Dragon, where Bruce Lee fights Chuck Norris at the end? Yeah. Did you guys see that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What sure a great fight scene, bro. Oh, yeah. What a great, that's where he like, it's so How weird, there's nothing though, of him current, like, huh? I'm going to look for that right now. Yeah, yeah. I've, see I've seen like people dub over like different music to it, and it's just not. When, okay. he, when he grabs his yeah. chest hair and pulls it off, <laughs> I see this Karis whisper over it. It was awkward. I love it. But it yeah, that was a great scene. It doesn't say, huh? Oh. It doesn't, but he looks pretty good for his age. Listen, he's in his 80s. So. I know oh, Sylvester Stallone. Chuck's killing it, dude. I know Sylvester Stallone is on testosterone. Oh, he looks I know awesome. he's been taking growth hormone forever. Yeah. Fine, but the guy's been consistently training his ass off forever. Oh yeah, no, no disrespect. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. been working. The drugs hard. comment was just me but, being funny. I mean, I, I, like, so as I'm watching it, with, it's helped. As and I, I watching, I'll use all that shit when I get down there for sure. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, as long as I can afford all that stuff, I'll use yeah, all dude. that to keep. I mean, as long as it doesn't kill you. I was, I was watching it with, well, kind of watching with Jessica. She was on her phone because she's annoyed that I put Rambo on. But I'm like, babe, I'm like, he's 75. She's like, are you gonna look like that when you're 75? I hope so. Look how good Chuck yeah. looks at 81. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it looks pretty good. Yeah. Interesting. But anyway, yeah. I'll tell you guys about the movie. I know you're not going to watch it, so I'll tell you guys all about it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> after I, okay. After yeah. I finish watching it. I mean, I'm really, I'm really curious, though, about the, going back to the movie theater argument, because I do think that, you know, this streaming stuff that we have going on is really, it's a big disruptor. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's going to change the landscape. To Justin's point, uh, I think there will be, always be people that will want to go. I don't think it'll get. I don't think it'll ever go away. I think that well, it's it, a totally different experience. Yeah, and I, exactly. I think the era of the just the, the remember when we used to go to movies, it was just a theater, some yeah. popcorn. That's it. I think that's not going to exist. I think now you go. I was just. I just dropped my, my yeah. But okay, off. so imagine this for a second. They have like good okay. food now. They have drinks. Well, some yeah, of them they, include. E imagine things. this. Yes. So like, think of this. What are some of the top things when you? Because you're the person I'm most curious about because you're you're different than we are in the, in this argument. Like, what are the some of the top things that is unique to going to the movies versus watching it? Because. It, you feed off of uh, everybody Other people. else. Right? Okay, so that's I knew you were going to say group that. flow. Okay, like, I knew you were going to say that. Like okay, yeah. we're not far from you sitting down in your living room with, VR. with your VR. And okay, I hear your experience. That's not the same I, thing. Well, it's actually pretty cool. I experienced it with my best friend mm -hmm. watching an NBA basketball game courtside. And that's he's only because you don't like people 
I think it's <laughs> no. When you I met movies. a couple dudes too. That I had random Hold strangers. You met dudes on your VR in the, in the virtual world. Yes, you. They, Is that how the, they sold you the glasses? Meet dudes. No, yeah. on the internet. <laughs> Put on these VR glasses. Stupid. You know what I mean? Okay, so that I knew Justin would go that way. That there is this kind of like, oh, it's like you're you are still with other people and community feel and like yeah, but I they get, laugh in the theater. It enhances the laughter in, in the. Well, why do you like to go to sports events live? Well, I I do certain ones, not all of them. Okay, yeah, yeah. but so. but again, it's it, I guess it's just a different experience. Like I get really into like the surround music, and you can obviously orchestrate this, engineer it in your house. Like if you like created a well, a that's why room. Yeah, but look, but I'm like you, Justin. It's the it's the anticipation. It's yeah, the driving it's to the brand theater. new, and it's like a lot of people don't know what to expect, and I like yes, that. you're around real people. Oh my god, we're about to go into theater. You got your popcorn. You sit down. There's people around you. Everybody's. Ex I get it. It's like a ritual. I yeah. yeah, I get it. I love the movies. I'm so I'm, I'm the same way. I totally get yeah, it. That sounds like a bunch of old guys. Not, <laughs> all that stuff's getting Memories. disrupted. Memories. Yeah, yeah, it's like yeah. Hold on. We sound like old guys because we want to go movies. He doesn't sound like an old guy because he's angry at home. He no, I, I'm not. Okay, I don't like. I'm not anti movies. I haven't been in like three years. Part of that obviously is because of the pandemic, you know. So, yeah. but I and I plan to go back. I was sure as shit not going to sit in a movie theater with a fucking mask on. That's like that's oh yeah, real no, easy decision for me already. Well, I was in there when everybody's mad. I just you know was, well, the yeah. lights are out. Yeah, come on. I've done worse things. I've done worse things with the lights out in the movie theater than <laughs> take my mask off. <laughs> Let's be honest. We've seen all the holes in the uh, popcorn. We, saw <laughs> we know what you're up to, dude. <laughs> yeah, hey, baby, you want some popcorn? Yeah, dude. Like, I'll go. Hey, such I'll, an old trick. I'll yeah. go with you guys and watch Top Gun 2, even though that movie sucks. I'll go with you guys. It's not going to suck. Yeah, let's go. Yeah. Yeah. No, I would, I, would go, I would go to the movies. I And, and more, more more, of my point is not that I think it, it, theaters will ever go away, but just I'm, I'm curious to like how they're going to recreate the things that people yeah. really like that. And yeah. I do think that yeah. I, I don't think it'll be the same. I think old guys like us will appreciate the experience, the drive there. Other people think that's the hassle. Sal. I know. I know that you, yeah. the things that you're saying are like, Oh, the anticipation, the weight, the drive, like uh, you have younger generation going like, what the fuck is yeah, he saying it. right <laughs> now? <laughs> that's all the shit I hate about going to the movies. Sure, right. Yeah. So you got to understand that it's going to get disrupted and it's going to look radically different in 10 or 15 years I from agree. now. I so I, my mind's more on like, I wonder how they're going to appeal though to somebody who kind of agrees more with Justin on like the, what are the things that he really loves about the experience of going there? And I think that they're, they're going to create that. And this is what VR is going to do is you're going to be able to get that kind of vibe. It I won't mean, be the I, same. Well, I wouldn't have believed you until I started using <laughs> Oculus and really seeing the potential there. Like the, so where, early. Where they've already got. Like, it's so like, early. Whoa, this is... This is a totally immersive experience, so I could see them, yeah, getting close to that kind of feel anyway. Like, what I try, when I think of VR right now and think about the potential that it has, I try and re remind myself of the first computer class I took in, you know, middle school. Yeah. And the screens were fucking green. Yeah, and every, yeah. Oregon and Trail. Yeah, and, and that and yeah, Oregon Trail was like mind blowing cool or whatever yeah. like that. And to think where we are now, you died of dysentery. with computers, mm -hmm. and to think that we're at that level right now with VR. So yeah. just think about where that. I don't like to think about that because I feel like no one's <laughs> gonna leave their house. We're all gonna be just at home, plugged in, and that's it. We're I mean, done. I've I've been saying that's where we're going. We're going where half the people are gonna just accept staying at home like ninety percent of the time, and just that's gonna how way it's gonna be. Yeah. So, but I mean, I figure the people that want to just do that and they don't want to be out there. I guess those are the people I don't want to hang out with anyways. Yeah. So yeah. it's so less traffic for me. Mm. So don't be a virtual zombie. <laughs> Hey, real quick, if you eat a high-protein diet, you might be having some digestive issues, or maybe 
You just want to assimilate every amino acid so you can build bigger, stronger muscles. One of the best ways to do this is to take high-quality digestive enzymes. Now, there's a lot of companies out there that sell digestive enzymes, but only one company we choose to work with, Buy Optimizers, Masszymes, one of the best products I've ever used, really helps with my digestion. I assimilate more protein. I notice better recovery, less inflammation, and better digestion. So it's specifically designed for people like you. Go check them out. Head over to mindpumppartners.com. Look for Buy Optimizers um, and use the code MINDPUMP10 for 10% off your order. All right, here comes the rest of the show. First question is from Jack McInery. Uh, incredibly stubborn bicep tricep growth despite all other muscle groups improving. Should I target volume or intensity? And are giant sets counterproductive or overworking? Look, all of those can help, but here's where a lot of people make mistakes when they're trying to bring up a lagging body part. Let's say, I'm going to use an arbitrary number. I'm just going to make up a number. Let's say total amount of sets you do for the whole week for your whole body is 70. Let's say you do 70 sets of all the exercises for your whole body, and you've been training that way for a while. And then people are like, I want to bring up my glutes, or I want to bring up my quads, or I want to bring up my biceps and triceps. They just add sets on top of that. That's not the best strategy because not only, yes, it's important to add more potential volume or intensity for a particular body part, or even change the workout for a particular body part. You typically also have to offset the total volume from the rest of the body. Because most of us train kind of in this optimal range if you're doing everything right. And just throwing more volume on top sometimes takes the volume up too high. Mm -hmm. And then you actually don't benefit as much. So some of the best gains I ever saw in weak body parts was in increasing the volume on those body parts, but then also bringing it back on my stronger body parts to allow my body to have more resources and, and just less damage overall. So it can Focus on those like I mean, we're parts. we're obviously we're totally speculating on this, but what do you yeah. think is what's most common with someone like this? With with someone who struggles to build their arms. Obviously, if you're connecting with it, right? And you, you got somebody who understands volume and intensity, which already tells me that they're a more advanced lifter, right? So you're not we're not talking to somebody who's never right. lifted before, right? So it's not somebody who like doesn't even know what to do exercise wise. Um what what would you say is most common? Uh, when you see somebody who struggles to put size on their arms right there. I, I mean, I don't know. Full range of motion can be it. Technique, uh -huh. uh, form. I think that maybe they're doing too much volume overall. Somebody that wants to bring up a lagging body part tends to do a lot of volume for lots of other things. What about a hard gainer well? in general? Just somebody who's actually like struggles on the nutritional side to eat yeah, and well, not, gets put uh, enough size. I would Adequate say that. Calories. I would say that, but he says all of the mother group, uh, all other muscle groups are improving. So mm. if he's improving everywhere else except there... That's what makes me think back off on the volume on some other stuff and then add it to these, you know, weaker body parts versus nothing is improving, but that I have this body part I want to bring up type of I deal. can see the fuller range of motion on some level, just if you're in a sort of a pattern of doing the same types of exercises to try and isolate and you're not seeing any kind of growth improvement, yeah. you're not really giving it, you know, some kind of novel stimulus uh, to interrupt that or to even like reconnect with it. I think Maybe you haven't spent enough time really getting that mind-muscle connection to then be able to get uh, maximize that recruitment potential. I, I like that point too because what he doesn't say or bring up in here too, and we've I, we did a video on YouTube a long time ago. It's one of the more viral one, old old viral ones that we did, 
where we talked about the elbow positioning when it comes to a bicep trip. That was yeah, a big exercise selection. That yeah. was like a big aha moment for me when in tr my training career is when I pieced that together, figured that out the the importance of manipulating that. I was I didn't I didn't even notice that I tended to do a lot of the the similar type exercises, even though they were different exercises because I was using a different tool, a rope, a triangle, right. a straight bar. But you're in like the same angle. Yeah, them. same angle, same position. I yeah. was stimulating the muscle the same way, even though I thought, <clears throat> because it was a different machine, yeah. a different handle, you know, I thought I was doing something really unique. It was like, but it really wasn't. It was very similar to the stuff I always do. And then simply by just making sure that, okay, every workout when I train my arms, I'm going to make sure I target from this elbow position from this elbow position and this elbow position and now all of a sudden i saw huge gains in yeah arms. so to be more specific it would be like a, a bicep or tricep exercise where the biceps are, are the elbows are by your body mm -hmm. in front of your body and then maybe overhead right so different angle positions that yes. changes the stimulus i can see that the other thing i could see too is that you'll almost never find a workout program where when you're training multiple body parts where you do arms first mm -hmm. it's usually chest shoulders triceps right back biceps or upper body and it always starts with chest or back and it goes to shoulders and then arms. Right. If everything's improving and it's the biceps and triceps that you're having issues bringing up. Put it in the forefront. There's nothing wrong with hitting your biceps before your back. Sure. Now for most people, that's not the case. For most people, <clears throat> you want to go back first. Mm -hmm. But, but if not, if you, not if you're saying everything else is improving. Yeah. yeah. hit the Because hit, the muscle groups that you hit first tend to get the most strength gains and the most muscle gains. Studies will, will show this. So do that. Um, the other thing is Really good, full range of motion, slow control, focus on the muscle. We all know that. Um, and then he meant he mentioned volume, or this person mentioned volume and intensity. Didn't much, uh, mention frequency. In my experience, one of the most effective things to do to bring up a lagging body part is to train it more often. Not necessarily with more volume even, just more often. I've even taken clients with the same volume and split it up. So instead of hitting their, let's say, their biceps twice a week, for a total of, let's say, I don't know, 16 sets to do it three days a week and do five sets or six sets on each workout. So same volume, just more frequency. I agree with that. The, the only challenge with that is managing the intensity aspect because I think that... Yeah, you can't train super hard. Because like I, th yeah. I mean... I remember as a young kid, like that was the first way I started to attack the arms. I was like, okay, I'm going to train arms like every time I come in. But yeah. I was training it with this like crazy intensity every time. So I was constantly stuck in this recovery trap. Mm -hmm. right? So you have to understand that I 100% I agree that, you know, f hitting it more frequently three, four times a week is totally fine if it's a, it's a stubborn, lagging body part. Hitting it first. But, and hitting it first. But then you got to also understand that you can't hammer the shit out of it. You know, if you're doing it five days a week yeah. like that, you've got to back off. The hitting it first makes a big difference. Like <clears throat> there was a point there where I, because my, my upper legs respond really well to exercise. One of the areas of my body that responds well. And I always would start with quads, right? So I would do my squats and whatever. And then I'd go to, you know, my other quad, and then I go hamstrings at the end. And at one point I really wanted to bring up my hamstrings. And all I did was hit my hamstrings first. Now, before that, I would just add volume to my hamstring work. But by the end of my workout, I'm more fatigued and, you know, it's a little more, more challenging. Then I did a whole stint. I did like a whole eight-month period where I started my workout with hamstrings and then I moved on to the other exercise and I saw huge gains in my hamstrings. So that working that muscle group first 
I think uh, I think that's I think that's great advice. I think that was I've done that multiple times with different muscle groups that I was thought was lagging in comparison to everything else. Totally, and I've always seen great improvement just yeah. simply by saying, "Hey, if this is as even like down to my calves, like which is like seems so ridiculous to start your workout." But for yeah, like, who does that, right? but like two years consistently, I did that two years consistently. Like every workout, very first thing I did was go over to the calves and did calves first. Yep. That was the best my calves ever looked was doing that. Now, the second part is about giant sets, which a giant set <clears throat> typically refers to three or more exercises strung together. So a superset is two giant set is typically three. So it would be like barbell curl, hammer curl, you know, preacher curl or something like that. Right. Giant sets can be effective, but only as a novel stimulus. I've never really seen giant sets done long-term to be effective because it tends to be more endurance because mm -hmm. now you're doing like three exercises or more together and it starts to become more endurance than strength you get efficient at Yeah, doing a lot of reps. Yeah, but, but if it's like totally novel and you're like, I'm going to do this for like three weeks, um, anytime you change your workouts that much, uh, you'll get like a really good, typically a good response in 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 a short period of time. But I don't see it being a long term approach. The the problem that I would have with the giant sets is also with taking the advice of like increasing the frequencies. That's an area where you have to be careful. If you're going to increase the frequency of training the arms, and then you yeah. also are doing giant sets, like the likelihood that you're probably over training yeah, or so over applying intensity is probably there. So choose one or the other and test that, and then tease it out. Next question is from Britt Spears Loves Shoes Collection. Mm. Whoa, that's like <laughs> your fan second. base right here. Adam? Britney What's Spears happening? and Shoe Collection. They, they <laughs> wanted to get picked for Adam. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Does the effectiveness of changing phases for hypertrophy say anything about the truth behind muscle confusion. You know, does, does the effective, let me, what? The effect so the fact that you change phases for growth, does that say anything about the fact that muscle confusion, that there's truth behind it? Well, that's well, where it comes from yeah. originally. Yeah. I, the, some, the, the problem is the muscle confusion part is it changes up every workout. Like they're, they're always changing yeah. the exercises. Like there's, uh, it, 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 my problem is it doesn't really allow you to get super good uh, at, and efficient at a lot of the lifts when you're changing all the time. Yeah, the the worst myths in the, well, anywhere, actually, in any space, but definitely in the health and fitness space, the worst myths have some truth in them. Yeah. So they start with some truth, and then they go crazy. And then- They get bastardized. That's what happens. It yeah. was it, muscle The idea of muscle confusion originally- uh, the it theoretically it's it's correct. Yeah, it's it's right. like don't do the same exact thing yes. all the time forever. Yeah, mm -hmm. right. So, but it, it got bastardized and then it turned into this thing where it's just like you know now people are we're pre, we were preaching and I'm by the way guilty of being one of these people that was you know preaching like we got to confuse the muscle every workout. So yeah. it's like you're doing something different to you're just shake an eight ball and then hey, yeah what the workout yeah, is yeah. Today. thinking that that's a, a great approach to growth and it's so. So quickly, it, yeah, but yeah, it, I 100% think that's where where this came from is exactly that. That it does you. There's a tremendous benefit from you sticking to a phase for a short period of time. After you've ran that phase for a short period of time, i.e., three to five weeks or so, then you move into another phase, and yeah. that's what promotes building muscle. Now, it's some there's a lot of exercises that you don't really gain the max value of that exercise until you've done it for a while and gotten good at it. These tend to be the complex movements, like mm -hmm. deadlifts and squats. You, when you first do them, you get stronger fast just because you get used to the movement, but really the gains start to happen when you start to get good at the exercise, which means you have to practice you them. You have to practice them a lot. Often, right? So you want to do core lifts and you want to do them often and you want to do them long-term. What you change up are the reps or the tempo. So I'm still squatting, but I'm squatting now with a slower tempo, 
or my reps are going up a little bit, or I'm throwing in, you know, like a superset type of deal. Other exercises, like single joint exercises, you can switch up a lot faster. Like I switch up bicep and tricep exercises all the time, but there's core things that I don't switch up very often. I tend to do an overhead press almost every time I do shoulders, right? I tend to do some kind of a row for back or, you know, something along those lines. So changing things up is important, but what you don't want to do is think that you, that, that is, that's it. And I just change up all the time because then you never get good at anything and you never derive the real benefit. You all, you all, you're always in this phase of like trying to learn something, in right. which case you don't really get the, the maximum. Well, it also depends on, I think, your goal though, right? Because I think if you are, because one of the things I do remember about m that phase of my life when I was going through this muscle confusion, right? Of like, where I used to pride myself on saying like, no workout ever looked the same, you know? Yeah. So uh, I was very fit, Right. So I, I had great rotational strength. I had good mobility. I you also had a lot of experience. Yeah. I had yeah. I had a lot of stuff going for me. <laughs> what I wasn't doing was really progressing very much. Oh. I wasn't building a lot more muscle. I wasn't getting way stronger. I was just staying really fit because I was doing a lot of different things all the time. Good and, condition, relative yes, strength. Yes. I was like, you know, if, they, if we, we always talk about the, uh, like building an avatar in a video game and you know, yeah. I just had a, a like in the middle. Yeah. I was in the middle on everything really good, you know, yeah. pretty good at everything like that. And it kept me overall fit. So there is, there's some value to that. If you've, if you're it, where you want to talk, if, obviously we get questions of people that are trying to make gains, improve, yeah. change, body fat composition if you're trying to make progress and moves this is where this stuff really starts to matter because that's what's going the things that you're talking about are what's going to make the body change in a direction at a faster more efficient yeah. rate where if there's somebody who has reached this place of you know a, a, attained a look or their fitness that they want to be at and they want to just kind of maintain that fit physique i think training that way isn't as bad as sometimes well, we make I, it I sound. Think, yeah, I think that's why we all lean on like uh, the actual strength uh, coaching type of uh, programming because it, it's the law of specificity is still there. Like in terms of like how your body's going to adapt in a specific direction based on the stimulus you're providing. Uh, so you, you can only get good at something the more, you know, frequently you practice it. However, um, you know, the body adapts. And so what we try to do is sort of, you know, interrupt that process. But if you still want to get good at that very specific goal, you bring it right back. So it's yeah. like, it's, it's still heavy in the rotation, but knowing, you know, where the body tends to kind of drift off and plateau, yeah. like we can stay ahead of that. Now we can keep progressing. Yeah. And some people will point to like advanced bodybuilders and be like, oh my God, they do a different workout every single time. Well, when you're really advanced, you, and you've been working out for a long time, you can connect and do exercises pretty well the first or second time, depending on the exercise, right? But bodybuilders have been working out for a long time. They can go to any chest machine, any back machine, lots of shoulder machines or exercises, and they can feel it and get a good workout. When you're not advanced, there's the learning. You have to go and learn the lift. And also complex lifts aren't like that. I've taken bodybuilders with lots of experience who never deadlift, had them deadlift, and it's like a five-week process of getting them good at it before oh, we start to add weight. It's longer and, than that. Yeah. You know, if you want an example, this is such a bad jab right here, but I just just came across my feet, so that's the only reason why I'm bringing oh, it up. <laughs> here comes the shit. Yeah, it was not, and it's not meant to be for that, but it's, it's such a great example of what you're talking about right now. Is and you brought it up. Remember, you said, "Does it feel like 
the bodybuilding space is deadlifting, squatting way more since we started talking about it five years ago. With that, uh, and I told, what's his name? Uh, Mister Classic Olympia. What's his name? Yeah, Siba, Jeremy yeah, Bodia. Oh, oh no, Jer uh, He started deadlifting. Huh? Yeah, he's dead. He's I been deadlifting for a while now. But when you watch him, it's rough. It's it's a rough, it's rough form. He never dude. deadlifted. Really he, yeah, before, he never. Yeah. And that's the thing. He never deadlifted like that. You see him squatting barefoot now. You see him trying to deadlift and stuff like that. Uh, it takes a while. It does, you know, especially when you haven't ha you haven't done it in a long time. It's and even for someone that advanced, yeah. who has that great mind. Now muscle, you put him on back and chest machines, and he'll, oh, he'll hit bro, it right away. No, and not yeah. to take anything from the guy when it comes to sculpting a physique and and how impressive all the other things that he can do, but it's such a great example of someone who's that experienced in lifting that and how complex yeah. a deadlift or a squat can be that. That person is, animal. he's arguably one of the best connected people to his muscles than more people, than, than the 99.9% you know, .9 of the population, yet still taking that dude years, okay? Because he's now, it's, I've been watching him now for like the last year or two that he's been consistently doing it, and it still ain't pretty. Yeah. So it takes a while to practice that. That's to, true. And so in, in other words, he still is not even reaching the max benefits from that deadlift. And when he gets really good at that that movement, he's going to start to – and I already see his back changing from the the progression of him starting yeah. to do that already. No, I was referring to – what's his name? Seabum? He's uh, – Oh, he always deadlifts. That's squat. what I'm saying. I, th I feel like – He's got a like, beautiful deadlift Beautiful. Squat. Yeah, I yeah. think lifters – That's because like, he's been doing it forever. He has. And I think lifter like lifters like him are making other people in the space now. Sure. To, yeah, yeah. For, for a second I was trying to highlight the example that you were saying of like the, the learning curve. Oh, no, no. He, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, I yeah. I mean, you're talking about somebody who's super advanced. No, he's my, really good deadlifting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Next question is from Kamui X. Is it okay to train to failure if I'm only focusing on a muscle group once a week? For example, arm day. You know, failure training is very interesting. And I, mm. I tend to recommend most people avoid it. But I will say this. In a short period of time, it can produce some pretty fast muscle gains, but you got to program it properly. And nobody programs failure training properly. Everybody throws it in into the workouts on a regular basis. The results from failure training fade real quick and you hit this fatigue from it. I'll tell you what, I can do nine sets for back with good intensity and it doesn't fry me like one all-out set to failure. And I know this because I've been experimenting with failure training and programming with failure training. And I've come, I'm coming to some interesting conclusions. But for the average lifter, for the most part, avoiding it's probably a good idea. Well, but you know why that is? Because there, there's so many variables that come into play when you push the push to that limit. Yes, because you're you're pushing those outer boundaries that it could have some extra benefits. Mm -hmm. But it also requires a lot of other things have to be in place. Like for example, like if uh, if my sleep is really off or my diet is really off, and then I then I fucking failure train that workout, the likelihood that I'm going to reap the, the the max benefits from that failure training because of those little variables is very minimal. But I could go into the gym and just slightly progressively overload my body or challenge myself yeah. a little bit, but and not and go and leave two in the tank and progress my body still, even mm -hmm. on not the most optimal sleep and maybe not the most optimal diet. It, re it, it requires a more dialed in person. Not to mention there's probably the genetic variants of some people's bodies that can just handle being punished yeah. like that and other people that are very sensitive to that. So I think why this is such a debated thing or this a hot topic because 
there's so many, and why we lean so much in the opposite direction of why? Because you can build the most amazing physique, the most competitive physique, and never train to failure. I will make that argument. Well, all the day studies long. compare it side to side, and they show that. Yes, they show that it. There's no. So if you and, can but, do it but, without it, and you're risking more by playing with it, it's like mm. I will say though, if you program it right, it can be very Agreed. interesting. So I use it. That's it. the thing is, you can see great result initially, and I think that what it what it does is it draws people that are are most likely to abuse it. Uh, because mm. they're you, they get excited by the initial results. They think that this is like, you know, it's it's applied for mental discipline. It's applied for their sports training. It's like most like hard work at work, like all that that same button they've been hitting for everything, and then it works initially. But now it's not working for them. But maybe I got to go harder. So it's just I just see it it's like, such a great point. It, it just goes in that it attracts. It does attract probably the wrong person. Of course, it do, it doesn't attract the, the person that I was saying who's got everything all balanced. Yeah. And it's got great sleep, great diet, like not a lot of stress, and they like manage all that. And oh. then they, and then that person, okay, which ironically, you know, that's the yogi type person yeah. who avoids training. They that should way. probably train to failure. They should probably train to failure totally. in their life more often, and would reap some massive benefits from it because they do such a good job of managing all the other rest of the stresses stresses in their life that adding that into their training routine would probably benefit them big time when it comes to muscle. But it attracts the person that you're talking right. about, the caffeine junkie, not sleeping very much. Run it, burning the candle at both ends, and when I hit the workout, fucking crush yeah, too, crushing yeah. everything. Yeah, it, yes. people, the people really underestimate how much it taxes the body. I'm telling you, one set of real failure. Okay, when I say real failure, like I have to drop, I have to put the bar down on the safeties. Okay, of real failure squats, one set will hammer me more than a nine set decent intensity leg workout, or, or even twelve set. Yeah, it takes me way less time. I'm done in fifteen minutes. But I am fried, and I know because I've had Doug experiment because I'm, I'm I'm figuring out some programming with this and stay tuned. But even Doug will tell me his 15 minute failure workout, and he's like, "Dude, my legs are I, I'm like exhausted." So it it taxes the body in a very interesting way. Here's the other thing it does: it's more ripe for injury. It just is like when you go fatigued, your form goes out the window. If you don't have like perfect technique and you fail, uh, the risk of injury starts to get really high so much higher yeah so you really got to be smart with this kind of training so and all I know, those i know and i'm i know i'm like pushing against it, it does, i use it okay so i'm not somebody who's not like i just think that and we we don't know who this person is right so i'm not oh. it's it's it, this is also hard like if i if i knew who i'm looking at and who i'm talking to and i know kind of their background how they've been lifting where they're at in their journey the advice changes, right? Sure. Like I definitely, depending on who I'm talking to, I might be like, Hey, you know what? Yeah. Let's start to play with a little bit of failure training. You've been, we've got all these other things we've dialed in really well. Let's start dabbling with this a little bit and let's see what kind of response you get. And then let me hear your feedback. Like I absolutely would, would do that with clients, but I also had control of that. I knew who I'm talking to when I'm talking to the general population and knowing the the kid I was who would probably be listening to this podcast and stuff coming into weight training, I I'd be better off listening to someone who's telling me like you don't need to train. To I got failure. better results when I stopped training to failure. So did I. Straight up. And so did again, I. it's it's because the programming is really tricky with failure. Now I'm starting to really realize. But and I tell you what, failure is a lot further than you think. Like you do a set of like I said squats to failure, you think you're about to fail and you're, and you're like oh, I got another rep and then you're mm -hmm. like oh shit I got another rep and I got it's it is nasty it is grueling. Yeah, and but to your, the body. to your point too, that really hard to keep your core and everything really tight while you, Bro, you while have your to legs focus so much on your form and technique when you go to failure. Yeah. Way more 
than if you don't. And I'm, I know what I'm doing. So the, you get the average person going to failure and it's, it just goes out the window. Next question is from XDMW08. Is bodybuilding healthy? Yeah. <laughs> no. Competitive bodybuilding? No. <laughs> no. Bodybuilding from, answer. well, yeah. bodybuilding from an exercise perspective and diet from a, you know, if you exercise a bodybuilding style, connect to the exercise. Train for hypertrophy muscles. is a different conversation. Yeah. Feel the muscles. If you eat, you know, high protein and you stay relatively lean, like that kind of bodybuilding lifestyle, very healthy. Well, there's longevity. There's a difference between saying uh, training like a, a, a bodybuilder or training like an athlete, then, or like saying those are two separate things, or then training, they're saying like, uh, then bodybuilding as the sport or playing a sport. Yeah. Playing a sport. And uh, doing bodybuilding are not healthy. So no, no sport is healthy for the body. Yeah. No bodybuilding is healthy clear. for the body. Training like an athlete sometimes is very healthy yeah, for you. Sure. Training like a bodybuilder is very healthy yeah, for you point. sometimes. So th that context matters here. And so how this question is being framed, like is bodybuilding healthy? I'm assuming they're asking- like the sport. Like the sport of it. Just like very it's, unhealthy. It's like pull bodybuilding out yeah. and say, is soccer healthy for you? And it's not. You know, no. Is football healthy for you? It's yeah. not. So it's the same thing when it comes mm -hmm. to that. But is training uh, athletically- to have skills like a soccer player or like, yes, at times that could be extremely healthy for mm -hmm. you. So the same thing works here with bodybuilding, but the actual sport of bodybuilding, and I know some people like to argue it's not or whatever. Okay. The, the actual event of bodybuilding. Yeah, like, like training like that, you know, pre-contest diet. On yeah. There's, stage, there, they, there's a reason why they call us walking dead men when we get on there, mm -hmm. because you push your body to such an extreme uh, with 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 depriving yourself of calorie and nutrients and water and fucking with sodium and you know and that low of a body fat percentage that is not healthy. It's not healthy to keep that. So how can a sport be? How can that thing be healthy if uh, the place that you get rewarded for is not a healthy place to no, stay? No, but, <laughs> so, if, but yeah. if you live the lifestyle where you're like, yeah, I like to go to the gym and I like to train for hypertrophy and feel the muscles and totally different. get a good pump and do multiple angles and different exercise. And I like to eat five meals a day and high protein. And, you know, I keep myself relatively lean. I like to look sculpted. That's longevity, man. That's a longevity approach when it comes to strength training. Low risk of injury because you're focused on bodybuilding rather than how much weight you can lift. There's definitely longevity in that. The diet part is amazing. Competitive bodybuilding, one of the most unhealthy sports. Uh, let's let's be real. Like yeah. you're forcing your body yeah. to build as much muscle as possible by every any means necessary, including you know anabolics and all that stuff. Then you starve yourself and you get on stage. It's just and they die. They die early. We're we're seeing this all the time. So. Yeah, like some of the disciplines that go into it, I think you can turn that into healthy practices, yeah. um, especially the awareness around like how food affects your body, how you can optimize recovery, yeah. um, what you can do to really you know move the needle in terms of muscle uh, development and really connecting and being able to flex and have control over your body. So, I mean, there's there's elements of it in there that I think that you can learn, that uh, you can apply for longevity. But in terms of the actual overall uh, bodybuilding, it's just not healthy. Just like sports. Just, yeah. like, just like you can say, you can pull from your experience in football and talk all, all day long about how much that has enhanced your life and mm -hmm. made you a healthier, better version of yourself. So absolutely, there are aspects of the sport of football. There are aspects of the sport of bodybuilding that can be very healthy. I mean, I, it's crazy. Every now and then I do get a question where someone asks me, like, do you regret 
you know, bodybuilding. Oh my God, I don't regret it. It was, it was an amazing experience doing it. It taught me so much about myself. It's made me a better coach. It's made me a better communicator around nutrition and the and physiology. Like mm -hmm. there's so many things that I, I learned and even being that late, I was late into my fitness career starting into bodybuilding and I still learned a tremendous amount uh, by going through it. So I think there's a, a lot of great positive things about it. So I'm not shaming it, but it's not the support of it. Is, yeah, is I, I, the majority of my, I mean, a lot of my training in, in nutrition was borrowed from bodybuilding uh, principles uh, personally. And I've got great, you know, and it feels great. But no, I wouldn't compete or do anything like that. That's just uh, that's just nasty. Probably the I, I would have to say the most unhealthy sport. It's very dysfunctional. If yeah. I had to guess, you yeah. try to keep doing it. Look, if you like our information, head over to mindpumpfree.com and check out our guides. We have guides that can help you with almost any health or fitness goal, and again, they're all free. You can also find us on social media. So Justin is on Instagram at mindpumpjustin. Adam is on Instagram at mindpumpadam, and you can find me on Twitter at mindpumpsal. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump. <laughs>